Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 85 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I hope this episode finds you well, and I thank you for giving me some of your time today. This episode is part three of three of our British Invasion series. And once again, I have no ado, so let's go ahead and look at the rest of Richard's British phrases to learn their origins, history, and more. First up is the saying, like selling coals to Newcastle, which means that something is impossible. This one is pretty straightforward. The town of Newcastle upon Tyne had a lot of coal. By the mid-16th century, 15,000 metric tons were being exported from the city every year, which, if my math is right, would be over 33 million pounds. That's a whole lot of coal, so it's highly unlikely that anyone in Newcastle would want to buy coal from an outside source. In 1679, William Fitzhugh, an American planter and statesman, wrote in a letter, quote, But relating farther to you would be carrying coals to Newcastle, end quote. That's really all there is for this one, so let's move on. Both the sayings, having your collar felt and your nicked, mean to be arrested. There's not much out there about having your collar felt, but most people seem to think it comes from the idea of a police officer running after a bad guy. Picture this. An old-timey times purse snatcher runs off with a little old lady's purse. An astute police officer nearby notices the crime and takes off after the crook. As the officer gains on the criminal, he reaches out for him, and his hand catches onto the collar of the purse snatcher's shirt. The cop holds tight, bringing the thief to a halt. The bad guy can't get away now, because if he pulls against the cop, he'll be choked by his own clothing. So, since the 'er ne'er-do-well was caught, the cop will promptly arrest him. The history of saying to be nicked is even more ambiguous. But the word nick has been used as a verb meaning to catch, to take by surprise, or to arrest since at least the early 17th century. The Oxford English Dictionary lists the word as origin unknown, and in fact, it's not even sure if it was a noun or a verb first. About the word nick, it says, quote, The noun may in reality have priority, and it may be accidental that the oldest recorded senses of the noun or attested slightly later than the first attestation of the verb. End quote. Now, let's dodge some coffins. To have one foot in the grave means that you're really old. Richard added that you might refer to someone with one foot in the grave as a coffin dodger. This is another one that has crossed the pond to be popular here in the States, and it also came from England. The exact origin is unknown, but it was in use by at least the 16th century, which we know because we find it in writing in 1566. William Painter, an English author and translator, included it in his work, The Palace of Pleasure. He wrote, quote, Taking pains to visit him who hath one of his feet already within the grave, 
and the other stepping after with convenient speed. End quote. Another thing to consider is that until at least the 17th century, the word foot could be used as a verb to mean trip, catch, or trap. So, at least in old-timey times, if your death was imminent and unavoidable, one might have said you had a foot in the grave, or basically that you were trapped by death. Now, let's dress up. This next saying is one I had never heard. Mutton dressed up as lamb is used to describe an older woman who acts as if she is younger. This saying can be traced back to at least 1810, as it is found that year in the anonymously authored novel Splendid Foilies. It included this line, quote, You, Mutton, without garnish is a tough bite, to be sure. But methinks she's dished herself off today, lamb fashion. End quote. A year later, in 1811, George IV, then known as the Prince of Wales, was written about in the Journal of Social Gossip. It said, quote, Someone the other day asked the Prince of Wales at the ancient music whether he did not think some girl pretty. Girl, answered he, girls are not to my taste. I don't like lamb, but mutton dressed as lamb. End quote. Back then, the phrase was mostly used to refer to unmarried women who purposely dressed and acted younger than they were in order to make themselves seem still of a normal marrying age for the time. Nowadays, it's used more to describe a woman who does these things only for her self-esteem, not to try to get a relationship. Now, we're going drinking. If you're going to see a man about a dog, it means you're going to the pub. During my research, I found that some people also say it as going to see a man about a horse. Whatever animal you're seeing a man about, it can also be used in general to just be a vague way to excuse yourself from something, though it is most often used to hide the fact that you're going to drink, to use the bathroom, or perhaps do something that might be considered illicit. Some people think it was first used to say you were going to make bets on dog racing. The first known use in print shows up in 1866 in a play called Flying Scud, written by Irish actor and playwright Dion Boucicault. In one scene, a character avoids a difficult situation by stating, quote, Excuse me, Mr. Quayle, I can't stop. I've got to see a man about a dog. End quote. It became most commonly associated with secret drinking during Prohibition here in the States. So, Richard, I can't confirm for certain that someone in England didn't say it first, but it was considered to be written down first by an Irishman, and it was made popular due to an American ban on drinking. Now, next up, I have a couple of phrases that might not be suitable for all ages. So at this time, put the little toppers away, because it's time for The Adults Are Talking. As drunk as a newt isn't that vulgar, but Richard said that it's more often said as pissed as a newt. This one means, well, that you're really drunk. So drunk, in fact, that you can't walk straight. There's not much to this one. Newts have a naturally wobbly gait, and especially when coming out of the water, they might appear to be staggering. 
Now, some people think the origin of this saying is from the old-timey times practice of hiring people to attend funerals. These professional mourners were required to drink at every funeral they attended. The connection here is that people often called these people newts, but this is simply an eggcorn, people hearing and saying the wrong thing. These folks were actually called mutes, not newts, so there is no real connection to the saying. No one seems to know who said it first or when, but it really boils down to the way newts and drunk people both walk. The other grown-up phrase Richard gave me was bloody hell. He stated that you can't get more British than this saying, and that he has been led to believe the saying is a way to take the Virgin Mary's name in vain. This saying can be used to show shock, fear, anger, and anything along those lines. I won't keep you waiting any longer, Richard. Yes, this saying is British in origin. Since the late 17th century, the word bloody has been used in England to mean in the manner of a blood, and blood in this sense was an aristocrat. Being bloody drunk meant you were as drunk as an aristocrat, someone who could afford a lot of alcohol. Bloody continued to be used as an intensifier from that point on, and the word hell has been associated with bad things since, well, hell began. While this is a British-born phrase, the UK is not the only place you'll hear this one ring out. When British convicts began being sent to Australia in 1788, they brought their beloved bloody hell with them. In fact, in 1894, the word bloody was declared by the Sydney Australia magazine, The Bulletin, to be, quote, the Australian adjective, end quote. So, Richard, some people may use this as a way to take the Virgin Mary's name in vain, but I didn't find any specifics to show that this is a widely accepted use. Okay, you can bring the kids back in. The adults are done talking now. It's time for today's familiar quotation. Toppers, today's familiar quotation is from William Mogham. Here's what he had to say about England. Quote, To eat well in England, you should have breakfast three times a day. End quote. Now that is a way of living I can certainly get behind. Thank you, Mr. Mogham, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, love advice from old-timey times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't pose as a helpless creature who can do nothing for herself. Don't drag your husband away from his office to see you across a street. Don't profess to be unable to understand Bradshaw, or to take a journey alone. It is true that the weak, clinging wife is often a favorite, but she is equally often a nuisance. And now for the men. Don't forget your wife's birthday. Even if she doesn't want the whole world to know her age, she doesn't like you to forget. 
All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 85. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnaphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, I hope you enjoyed this series, and thanks for listening. Toodaloo! This is... Let me rephrase. William Fitzhugh, a... a, Nope. And the other stepping out... Nope. Who acts if she is younger? Nope. Whatever man... No. (laughs) Dion Bosicult. Bosicult. This saying can be used to, 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 to... that this is a widely accepted use, use, that this is, ex- <laughs> is from William Moghum, Moghum, Moghum.